Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us. What's up, mamas? Hey, guys. We just talked to Dr. Zen. I loved it. She was amazing. She's a naturopath and she specializes in hormones and reproductive health. Fertility. Fertility. Yep, fertility. Um, So we had you guys um, submit some questions into a question box for her and she answered quite a few of them. Such good information. Mm -hmm. We talked about how to help fertility naturally so that way if you don't have the money for treatments, you have some guidance there. Mm -hmm. We talked about PCOS and kind of what she suggests that can help that. We talked about postpartum depression. We talked about getting your libido back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I feel like we touched a lot we of We covered bases. everything. Yes. And, I, and she spoke my language. She did, yes. <laughs> That's, she's our type of gal. <laughs> she is. She is. She spoke my language. I, I feel like I can personally, what, what would it say, like, recommend everything that she said. Totally. That's why I, I love, no, I'm not saying all doctors are, you know, not personal. I feel like naturopaths really want to figure out the core issue. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, what are your symptoms? Okay, here's the band-aid for it, yeah. you know, or here's the pill, here's the whatever. Mm-hmm. They, it's kind of one size fits all. Whereas with people like her, naturopaths, they, you know, you get your blood work done. They take mm-hmm. a look, they look at your diet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really loved her in particular. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I agree. I feel like I support everything she said. <laughs> so this is a good one. If you have any friends dealing with any of these things, yes. send this one to them because this is going to be a very helpful episode. And she also offers free 15-minute consults. So mm-hmm. all the info's at the end of the episode. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. How are you doing? How are you holding up in quarantine? Oh, you know, just <laughs> making it, making it work. Uh, I think it's, it's been interesting, right? We've, I think, learned so much about like how to be with our families and our loved ones and how to exercise. And I feel like I've learned, like, I'm like, no, you do not need a snack every time you pass by the kitchen. <laughs> so I've been definitely working on that. Uh, but yeah, what about you guys? Oh, I've been loving it. I normally work out of the house, so I've been working from home because I work for a bank, um, so I'm considered essential, and so I get to work from home, which is awesome, and I've been able to work out more, and and I'm the opposite. I'm always home with three kids, so I miss being able to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, it's but hard. I'm full advantage of it. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I feel like everyone has a different experience with it, so... So it's good to hear. I'm really lucky because I can still offer telemedicine. So I'm still Mm -hmm. seeing patients and doing all of that. Um, But yeah, people miss that like connection with like the, the world, I guess. So yeah. So your office isn't open right now. You're, you're doing all over um, telemed telemed. Yeah. At the moment, um, I think starting May 1st or so we will start to kind of see patients. It kind of also just depends on where patients are at, um, because I'm doing quite a lot of like hormone testing and things that they can go to the lab or we can have things shipped to them. Um, mm-hmm. I think it will take a little bit of time before people feel comfortable going back into the office. So, um, so yeah, so we'll kind of see how that, how that goes. Well, we did ask our followers to submit questions for you and you know, we got a lot, a so lot. <laughs> we have a lot to dig in and, um, I know that you're going to be able to help answer all of these. 
I'm so excited. I saw you guys had so many different questions. I'm like so excited. I know they were super excited. I don't even think we sent you all of them because we can just scroll and scroll and scroll. (laughs) Um, But for people who aren't familiar with you, do you want to introduce yourself and give a quick quick synopsis? Sure. So I'm Dr. Zen. My full name is Dr. Alicia Zenhauser. And so, yes, the Zen actually means something um, (laughs) to make it easy. Um, But yeah, so I am the founder of NMD Wellness of Scottsdale, and it is a naturopathic practice here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, But I see patients kind of all over because I offer telemedicine in general. Um, And I really focus on women's health and hormones. I have seen too many patients who really don't know enough about their bodies. And I think it really started at a really young age. Most of us learn our you know, most of the information about our health and our body, typically in your, you know, health class in high school. And most of us had an experience similar to Mean Girls, where we were told that just the thought of sex would get us pregnant. (laughs) So we don't really know that much about our bodies. And then when we try to get pregnant, it may not be as easy as we thought. So I'm really all about educating women and helping them really understand their bodies so that they can be in control of their health. I love that. Britt and I are super passionate about natural remedies as well. So we're really excited to have you on so we could, you know, gain insight from you about that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited to share any knowledge that I can help, you know, other people out there. One thing I saw that you talked about somewhat recently, you were at some like, I think you were somewhere where they were doing talking about um, skincare and stuff. And a lot of people were recommending different things to put on their skin or put in their body. And you were like, why aren't they talking about their diet? And that's something that I always see all the time. People like, what can I use? I'm always like, change your diet. And so I was glad that you addressed that and said that. Yes. I was actually at a Mayo Clinic conference and I loved Mm -hmm. it because I'm very integrative in my practice. So I still prescribe medications and all of that. But I really think you have to look at your body as a whole. And when I was younger, I really struggled with really severe acne. And I remember going to my doctor and asking, what could I be doing other than, you know, medication after medication, lotion, potion, like nothing seemed to be working. Um, And I asked about diet and she kind of told me, well, you know, there's no research, so don't worry about it. And I just like, couldn't believe that, that something that we were doing at least three times a day had no effect on our body. So I kind of started to do my own um, kind of experiment on my own body and really realized that food was kind of the big trigger for my acne. So now I'm very focused on food as medicine and really um, working with your body. I think it's so, so important. I think more doctors are becoming aware of that. um, But there's still certain certain places where they don't talk about it enough. Very important. I'm glad that you addressed that. And I think more people need to know that I don't think a lot of people are aware about that. I know that you focus a lot on fertility and I think that's a hot topic right now because I know more than ever I see people having to conceive in unique ways. So how do you, you know, one of the questions was if they can't afford fertility treatments, like what can they do? What do you suggest to those patients? Because it's expensive to do fertility treatments. Absolutely. And it's kind of, you're so right. It's such a buzzword right now. I mean, 
I think it was like two episodes ago on the Kardashians, right? They were talking to Chloe about like, oh, like if you don't know what you're doing yet, like just freeze your eggs, like, you know, just do that. But the Mm -hmm. average cost for an IVF treatment in the US is about 11,000 to $12,000. It's extremely expensive and it's not 100% guarantee. So many couples will have to go to two or three cycles, you know, and hopefully have a baby that's by that point. Um, So it can be a really big expense. And the other, I think, misnomer too, is we're seeing celebrities that are in their 40s who are talking about IVF, when in reality, most fertility clinics will not do IVF on older patients. Um, I'm not saying 40 is old at all, but in the world of fertility, it's considered a higher age. so it's something that I, I wish more patients would know about so that they understand from an earlier age, what can we do now to protect your fertility as long as we can? So um, that's really important. But I would say that because those treatments are so expensive, there are other things we can be doing. And I think um, really understanding your body and really starting to be in tune with your body is important. Most of us have some form of an app um, checking our, you know, when our period is, we might record that information and you might be told on the app when you're ovulating. The problem with that and when women just look at an app, the app isn't actually looking at you specifically. It's giving you an average of all the users they have and estimating when you would ovulate based on the length of your cycle. So this is helpful, but sometimes very misleading for a lot of patients. So Instead, I really recommend getting ovulation predictor kits. They're called OPKs. They're over the counter. You can find them on Amazon. They're less than $20. um, And they're really good information to understand, are you actually ovulating? Because you have to ovulate to get pregnant that month. And it's actually pretty typical for some women to not ovulate every month. Um, So that's really important when it comes to fertility and trying to conceive. It gives you a lot of information. So it's a pretty relatively cheap um, test that can be really helpful. And it's similar to a pregnancy test. So you just pee on the stick and it will tell you whether it's positive or negative. Sometimes they have smiley faces. Sometimes they're a little bit more... um, details and they'll tell you kind of low, high, and peak. And what it's really looking at is a hormone known as luteinizing hormone that gets released from the brain to tell your ovaries to ovulate. Uh, So it's really helpful to do that test. Um, You want to do the test between 10 and 2 in the daytime. That's usually the best time to get the readings. But if you guys have any like questions about that, um, I did do a whole blog post on how to use ovulation predictor kits. So if anyone's, you know, wanting to know which ones we do or recommend or things like that, that can be um, really helpful. I think another one is the basal body temperature that can be really helpful. Um, some people will wear the Ava bracelet, but again, the Ava bracelet's about $100. So that also you have to you know, take that into consideration. Um, and so you want to do those ovulation predictor kits and the basal body temperature um, for a couple of months, I would say two to three months um, to get an idea of when you're ovulating and what that looks like. When you get a positive reading for the ovulation predictor kits, that day and the following day are the best days to have sex. And those are your most fertile days. So um, I get questions all the time, like, is more sex better? Will that, you know, is that better for my fertility? And the truth is, is if we can find those kind of two days, that is going to be the best. Hmm. 
I think that it'll also in, in doing that help you learn about your body as well, because I know when you are ovulating, there are signs within your body. Like I can feel like my egg. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I can feel it going through everything inside of me. It hurts that one day I can feel that egg. I swear it just happened last week. And then, you know, the, the liquid that comes out of you is a little bit different, but you know, as you learn your body, you can start recognizing those signs even. Absolutely. And you are the best, you know, investigator or detective of your own body. And you may notice when things are wrong much faster than a lab test or that your physician will ever notice. So being really um, thoughtful and understanding a little bit about your body is going to give you so much information. Um, if you can get blood work, I would say get some blood work done, some hormone testing done. Um, you can ask your primary care or your OBGYN. Um, sometimes it is covered by insurance. So if you can go through your provider, that's amazing. Um, sometimes hormone testing isn't covered by insurance. Um, and typically the cost out of pocket, because I get this question all the time, it's about 150 to $200. So it's, ex you know, kind of an expense, but I think it gives you so much information. Um, and then I think a big part too, that I'm constantly telling patients is remember it takes two to tango. So I know as women, we think that us not being able to get pregnant is our fault or that we were put on this earth to be able to have a baby. And the fact that we're not getting pregnant, there's a lot of pressure that gets put on us. But in reality, a third of fertility issues are more female related. Another third are male. And then another third are actually both together. So it's really important to also get that additional testing on your husband or your partner, um, because it may not be you that may be the contributing factor. So I think that's also important. Interesting. Do you think this information that you're giving today is information that most patients get when they go in for fertility issues or do do you find that doctors kind of jump to something more extreme so it's kind of a mix so when you typically go to your OBGYN if you're under 35 if you have um been trying for a year or longer that's when they'll start to investigate things um no sooner than that after 35 if you've been trying for six months and haven't gotten pregnant um, they may start looking at that. That being said, um, if a woman has a miscarriage, she typically has to have three consecutive miscarriages before she's ever sent to a fertility clinic, which yeah. to me is insane. Um, it's, you know, just one miscarriage is a horrible traumatic experience, but let alone having to go through three. Um, so I think that there's a, a missing link. And I wish that preconception or fertility wasn't just focusing on when there's a problem, but how can we manage your health at the beginning or maybe find certain things that we can address before you actually start trying to get pregnant? Yeah, I think that I, I think that's a smart move to do anyways, because mm -hmm. a lot of times we have things that aren't right in our bodies and we don't know about it. And we want to try to be as healthy as possible when we're carrying a child. So I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. And I think too, most of us have been on birth control for five, 10, 15 mm -hmm. years. Maybe we don't really know what our body or our, you know, cycle really looks like without birth control. And we also know that birth control naturally depletes our body of important nutrients that are important in pregnancy. So it's another big reason I, I recommend a lot of patients um, start a prenatal actually before they start trying to get pregnant so they can get their body the nutrients it may have been depleted of while being on birth control so that when they're ready to try, they have all the nutrients that they need. 
Yeah. And I know a lot of times people get on birth control for a lot of reasons. One, to regulate their hormones. Do you recommend other ways to do that besides birth control? Yes. So when it comes to birth control, it's really important to understand that if you had hormonal issues before, whether you had acne or weight gain or heavy periods or anything like that, birth control is simply going to suppress your symptoms. So what it's doing is really cutting the connection between the brain and your ovaries to prevent you from ovulating. It's not actually addressing the problem. So this can be a big issue, especially in patients that have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, where they have, you know, higher levels of testosterone and maybe their insulin is off. And so I think that by addressing more of the root cause and doing a full hormone test and really figuring out which hormones are out of whack and what can we do about it, I think is um, much more valuable. That being said too, our environment plays a huge role in our hormones. And so understanding the products you use, whether it's the makeup you use or the lotions or you know the shampoos or the house cleaning products, all of those have chemicals in them, most of them. And those actually have been documented to sometimes be endocrine disruptors, which means they can mess with our hormones. So if you're having hormonal issues, I would say that would be where I would start is focus on your environment and what you can control. Um, and then herbs are really beneficial. That being said, I would say always uh, consult with your physician, whether it's your naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor, because there are some herbs that shouldn't be taken with certain medications um, or certain herbs that are just not right for you, whether you're breastfeeding or you're pregnant. So definitely not just jumping online and finding what, you know, whatever you find online um, during that period is going to be important. Hmm. Do you have any blog posts about that to give a reference or do they really have to go to a physician for that? Yes. Yeah, so I have tons of blog posts all about hormones and how to regulate your hormones naturally. So it's all on our website. Um, I try to update it as uh, regularly as I can. Um, I do give some information. Um, we do offer, we have an online supplement line. Um, so you can shop some of our supplements and kind of see what's out there, but definitely always consult with your doctor just to make sure. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned the, the PCOS in your last explanation. And I know I personally have people in my life that struggle with PCOS and, and it's been really hard for them to conceive if they're even able to conceive. So is that what you recommend for those people or is there more that you recommend for them as well? Yeah. So with PCOS, many women actually don't know they have PCOS until they start to try to conceive and then they struggle to conceive. So yeah. the most common cause of infertility is PCOS. That being said, I have definitely been able to not only treat patients with PCOS, but really reverse PCOS symptoms and have had patients have really great pregnancies um, totally naturally. Some patients will require treatments, but I think really focusing on the big picture when it comes to PCOS is helpful. So one thing that's really important is there's a couple of like steps to take. So we know that PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is really an excess of testosterone and that throws off our hormones, but it actually affects multiple different aspects of our body. So really addressing inflammation with an anti-inflammatory diet and certain supplements can be extremely beneficial. Um, many women will develop what's called insulin resistance. So your blood sugars will be off and your body is not able to metabolize or manage that 
glucose or sugar levels and insulin. Um, so that can be a big issue as well. Um, having those higher levels of insulin can actually cause more testosterone to be produced. So we really want to focus on that aspect um, as well. Um, and then we really want to make sure that we're detoxing in the right way. So when it comes to fertility, I always tell patients detoxing can be beneficial, but not when you're trying to get pregnant. Your body is really focusing on trying to have a baby. So if you want to focus on detox, you really need to do it like three to six months before you start trying. Um, and detox can look different for very many different patients, um, but really focusing on you know, your environment and are there any heavy metals in your body? There was a recent study that showed that they found up to, I think it was almost 200 chemicals in the umbilical cord of a child. And it was insane that we are exposed to so many chemicals in our life. So really focusing on how can we detox or support our body? There's plenty of different ways um, to do that. And then also when it comes to PCOS, if you have PCOS, you actually are at an increased risk of developing what's called Hashimoto's disease or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition of the thyroid. Um, and having low thyroid fu function can make your symptoms of PCOS much worse and make infertility much more relevant. Um, so really addressing the whole body. So when I work with patients, I really look at not just their testosterone levels, because that's really just a small picture of what's going on. So there are a lot of different options. And I just wish more women knew um, that there are options. And it doesn't mean it's a life sentence, and you can't do anything about it. Um, there's a lot that we can do to get your body ready, whether it's a natural fertility or an IVF cycle. We really want to focus on, you know, thyroid, testosterone, all of those things beforehand. So yeah. Interesting. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, that is really interesting to me. I can think about a girl that's close to me in my life right now. It's really trying to conceive and she has PCOS. So I'm definitely going to personally send her this podcast. <laughs> when it is yes. Yes. I actually went to a, um, I was at a conference with a fertility clinic and they were talking all about PCOS and they actually talked about food and they were saying how anti-inflammatory diets and food as medicine is the number one treatment that works for PCOS. But then shortly after he said that, he said, well, patients aren't going to do that. So here are the medications that will work. Mm. And I think that really like prevents women. I know so many women who are like, no, tell me what I need to do so I can yeah. work on it. Um, so I am a big component of Let's put the patient back in the driver's seat and help them get to what they need, but also giving them that opportunity to do something. Because in medicine, it often feels like, you know, you're given a medication and this is what you need to do and you need to listen to your doctor and you aren't, there's no conversation. And I think having that conversation is really important. Totally. <clears throat> so I know we've talked a lot about fertility issues, but there was a couple of questions that came through. And I think it's really relevant to talk about those as well. I don't know what bioidentical hormone therapy is, um, <laughs> but it says, can it help with postpartum depression? And that's such a hot topic and something that we're really passionate about. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yes. So bioidentical hormones. So this is a type of hormone therapy. So typically we used to use hormone therapy during menopause. Um, so this was when women would, their hormones would kind of crash. We would give them a synthetic hormone. Um, and at the beginning, the really popular one in the 90s was Premarin. Um, you may have heard of that one. So Premarin is actually from a, it's derived from urine of a pregnant mare, so pregnant horse. Um, hmm. 
it caused a lot of problems in women and actually was linked to an increased risk of breast cancer. So for many, many years, women were terrified of hormone replacement, but the problem was with that specific type, it was a hormone replacement, but it didn't match our body. So it wasn't bioidentical to us. It was bioidentical if you ate hay and you were a horse, but not <laughs> if you were a human. So that was kind of something that was that has changed over time. So now we use actually bioidentical. So these are components or hormones that match what our body naturally does. So they're a lot safer. Um, they often come from plants. Um, or plant-derived, which is really beneficial. So um, bioidentical hormones are great treatments. We use it for a variety of patients now, not just for menopause. When you have a baby, your hormones kind of go a little crazy, as many women know. Um, and sometimes your testosterone can be off, your progesterone, and that can be a reason too that you know, maybe having baby number two is, is a little bit harder as your hormones were kind of out of whack. So sometimes we use bioidentical hormones um, for that aspect. And hormones are a big part of our health. We all probably know, even during a month cycle, that our, you know, our mood kind of changes throughout. So definitely when it comes to postpartum depression, having an adequate amount of hormones can be really beneficial. Um, I think too, bioidentical hormones are awesome because they can be given in different ways. So whether it's a patch or an injection, um, you can give it as a capsule, all kinds of different ways, which I think make it uh, much more customizable for patients. Interesting. And I'm assuming that's safe to do while breastfeeding too? It can be. Definitely talk to your doctor based on what you're doing. Um, so you may have to wait until after you're done breastfeeding. Um, I think also the other thing I wanted to touch on a little bit with postpartum depression is something that I really am advocating patients do is getting a test known as MTHFR. So it sounds like a bad word. <laughs> so a lot of we women know about remember. That. Yeah, yeah. We know all about that, Jean. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, one in four patients will actually have a mutation. And having that mutation can not only uh, reduce your chances of getting pregnant. So I do this test um, in preconception, but it actually predisposes you to having postpartum depression or the severity of your postpartum depression. So definitely getting that test done is so, so valuable. Um, I really recommend it. I wish all new moms would do it um, because it can be really the a major cause of what's going on when it comes to depression. And this is honestly you know, I've never heard of someone talk about this before. This is the first time I've heard that gene be related to postpartum depression. And it just kind of takes me back to moms aren't taken care of really mm -hmm. through the whole experience. It's really focused on more baby. Mm -hmm. than oh, mom. absolutely. You know, the minute you get pregnant, it's, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. You have all these appointments. You're really like, loved on, you're talked about the whole process, and then baby comes out and it's all about baby and they kind of forget about mom. So it's kind of crazy that these new moms are having to go through all of these new experiences, whether it's their first baby, their third baby, fourth baby, but every pregnancy, every baby is different and there's so much lapse in what's going on. I have heard over and over again by patients that, you know, they'll come to me, you know, months, even maybe like two years after having a baby and they'll say, well, it wasn't life threatening. So I didn't think it was a big deal, but they're extremely exhausted and they feel like they can't sleep and all of these things that are debilitating. Right. 
Um, but they just don't feel like they can put themselves first. So I'm a big advocate of you cannot be the best mom you can be without putting yourself at least at the top of the list. You don't need to be number one every single time, um, but definitely putting yourself on that list somewhere and really uh, giving yourself the space or the support that you need is going to be really important. I wish that this was just more normal, you mm -hmm. know, and I wish that all doctors practice this mm -hmm. because yes. a lot of people don't research on their own mm -hmm. and they trust whatever their physician says. And uh, I think, you know, learning about other areas, other things is really important. Absolutely. And I think too, we live in this world of social media and there's a lot of benefit, right. Of seeing other moms and all of that, but also some, if someone is experiencing postpartum depression, it can be really isolating and they feel like the world outside is all perfect. And these great moms got their body back and all of this, and it can get even worse. So I think really having that support, um, emotionally and also, you know, going to see your doctor is going to be important. Um, you really want to connect with your doctor and, and have that conversation and be, we've all been to a doctor where their bedside manner is maybe not so well. Um, mm -hmm. And it's awkward and we don't know how to talk to them. So really reaching out to people that you connect with or talking to your friends and saying, Hey, who do you go to? Who do you feel comfortable with? I think is um, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you for that. And then I know that we had another question that we get all the time, all the time. So I think it's a great question to end with for sure. But a lot of new moms or not even necessarily new moms, moms of kids that are years old don't have their sex drive back yet. And they wonder if they'll ever get it back. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that can contribute to that. But I know you have some like information on that and what you recommend in regards to sex drive. Absolutely. Libido is important, ladies. I think that <laughs> it's really important. I think that we think that sex is an additional thing, but it's really a way that we connect with our partner. When we have sex or we have orgasms, we release a hormone known as oxytocin. This helps us bond. It's the similar hormone that is released when we are with our baby. And so it's really important to connect with your partner. So I think that sex should be talked about more and low libido is really common, um, which is low sex drive, but that can be caused by a ton of different things. And this is why going to your doctor and really understanding that there could be things going on um, is really important. So first things first, also talking to your partner, understanding what um, maybe you expect or what you want, as well as your partner is important. Um, I think that especially probably after having children, your sex life is a little bit different and a little more scheduled. So understanding <laughs> what that kind of looks like um, is important. And yes, maybe at the beginning, you have to kind of plan it and put it in your schedule. And it might sound like it's not as exciting, but it's also part of making a routine so that it becomes a habit that you guys can kind of connect with. There's a book that I really love um, that I definitely recommend. It's, it's called Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in Long-Lasting Relationships. It's a really fun book. It's by a psychologist. He talks all about how to connect with your partner. So I think that's really important. Um, and then two, you want to know what does low libido or low sex drive look to you? Is it, I've had patients who say, I would rather sleep than have sex with my husband. So that's one thing. <laughs> Other patients are like, well, I'm noticing vaginal dryness. So it's actually painful to have sex. So of course you have low libido. Like it's not a pleasurable experience for you. So that can also be hormonal. Do you have too low estrogen and that's causing vaginal dryness and pain? That's something that we can fix. 
Um, so it's important to understand kind of what the differences are. Um, and then your pelvic floor, there's, those are muscles and they change, especially after having a baby. So sometimes they need, you know, a little tune up and we often think about Kegels and how to do Kegels, but there's other things that we can be doing. So sometimes a physical therapist that specializes in the pelvic floor can be really helpful. So um, that's something that I definitely re recommend. And then also make sure that you check your hormones. Um, hormones um, can be a big problem or if you're on birth control or antidepressants. So kind of back to that postpartum depression, many women are put on antidepressants. Well, many of those uh, antidepressants that are SSRIs like Lexapro um, can actually make your sex drive really low. So that too can be part of the cause. Um, so there's a whole list of different things to look at, um, but definitely understanding that sex does matter um, is where I would like, kind of like the take home message for sure. Well, <clears throat> I feel like this was great for our followers to listen to because mm -hmm. literally all the things that we covered are questions we get asked all <laughs> the time. So now we have a professional <laughs> to answer them for. <laughs> but Anytime. where can our followers find you? What's your website? And let them know your tag on Instagram as well. Perfect. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Dr. Zen NMD. So that's D-R-Z-E-N. NMD because I'm a naturopathic medical doctor. Um, and then my website is NMD Wellness of Scottsdale. Um, if you go to my Instagram, you can click on the link in the bio. You can look at blog posts. You can book appointments. I do do free 15-minute consults. So if anyone is interested in how can you help me or what can you do that might be different, feel free. They are free calls. They're 15 minutes. We get to chat about everything. So um, that makes it readily available for everyone. So that's how everyone can kind of connect. I would love to hear any questions. If you feel like we didn't answer any of your questions, feel free to send me a DM. Um, I'd love to answer any more questions that you guys have. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on to chat with Brett and I today. We really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day and have fun in your quarantine this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you guys too. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Bye. We love her so good. <laughs> <laughs> we always say that at the end of our episodes. I think we're particular about who we bring on though. It, it was true. Yeah. We, we really are. Um, we get hit up quite a bit. We hit up other people, but we're really conscious about who we bring on. Yeah. And we've actually recorded some episodes that have never aired. Oh yeah, that is true. That is true. We've like, got if, at least three or four on there. Like if we end up not agreeing or mm -hmm. feeling like we can support whatever message was said, we don't air it. Yeah. That's what we're very particular about. The things that we promote, too. We want to make mm -hmm. sure that we're not just putting shit out there that we don't agree with. Yes. So, just so you know, this is very <laughs> authentic. We, are, we aren't just like, oh, we love her. That's great info. Like, we truly believe in the things that we have to say and the things that mm -hmm. people we have on come and have to say. So, I feel like she was very in tune with what our beliefs. Oh, and you can just tell she's passionate about it. She knew mm -hmm. exactly what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, she knows her shit. So... That's, I love people like that. I know. That's I want to, like, go see her and get my hormones tested. I know. Now. I know. That's what we should do after the quarantine <laughs> is over. <laughs>
But this now would be the perfect time to get that stuff figured out. Make just you know call someone like her and figure out what things you maybe you should be stocking up on in quarantine. What foods you should be staying away from. What maybe products you should be staying away from. I don't even necessarily think you have to call her. She has a lot of blog posts. She said, yeah, so I'm sure like you can fifteen go minutes for free. Might I as know, well. true. But like even on the topic of your environment, she talked. She skimmed upon mm-hmm. things in your environment, but like. Cleaning supplies. Use natural cleaning supplies. Yeah. Don't burn candles in your home. Yes. You know, Lots that's of people really don't important. realize that. No, I use all natural um, body washes. And, mm-hmm. you know, my shampoo conditioner is not. <laughs> Girls got to, you know, treat her hair yeah. really good. I still need to probably find a new one. Well, but usually the stuff that you get in, like, because you probably use stuff that you buy, not from Target. You buy it from, probably, like, the beauty store, I right? do. That stuff does, still has a lot less crap in it than it would if you got it at, like, Target. Yeah. So that is still something to think about. Yeah, I know. And I love that she talked about the, I never remember the MHT. Yeah, the, the mother effort. The mother effort. <laughs> I, I was like, ah. And people should, like, she was saying, you know, you should look into see if you have that genes, but also your children. That's one thing that I started looking into it for because a lot of kids carry it, that mm-hmm. gene, and they can't, um, like, their body doesn't rid those heavy metals as easily. Yeah, they and have a harder time detoxifying. And for her to even say how much heavy metals are in the um, umbilical cord. That's it's so insane. sad. You know, people don't think about that. That's so sad. I'm, I love that she mentioned that, though. Something mm-hmm. to think about. What you're putting in your body while you're pregnant makes a difference. And you pass it down to your children. Mm-hmm. Even before you're pregnant, what you put in your body stays in your body. It doesn't go away easily yeah. unless you truly are detoxifying. I didn't ask her this. I was going to say something, but if you do get tested for that, um, and regardless, um, one thing that's in a lot of um, uh, prenatal vitamins is folic acid. When you really want folate, I believe it's that way, unless it's opposite. Look into that. Look if you maybe if you check, get your hormones checked, or even if you don't, check out the labels on your um, vitamins that you're taking. Because one, your body doesn't rid of as easily. Yeah. So the things that you got to think about. Because I didn't even know that until I got pregnant with Capri and I looked into it. Yeah, I know. It's Learn crazy. as you go. That's why I'm thankful for people like her, though. I know. That know their stuff and they're going to share it with everybody. And you can go to people like them and they want to truly help you figure out you and your situation in yeah. particular. I know. I, and I like that she'll pair it with modern medicine. She's not all naturopathic. She's going to do a combo, yeah. which I think is great. Which is what we're all about. Yep. Yeah, that's what we're all about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We're nerds. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to join us in our Facebook group, Mom or the Mamas, or Mom or the After Dark. And if you want to follow us on Facebook or on Instagram or Facebook, if you're not yet, we're at mom.worthy. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.